praise the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Well, uh, Senior Bishop Joel would say, Are we the servants of the Lord, the two most ancient prophets of Yahweh that are right now walking the earth? Are we live on air on Jesus' is Lord Radio? My Lords, my Fathers, please, you are live on air, please, my Lords. Well, blessed people, I know that uh, in the Australian time zone, you're already out of church, but we thank God that you're children. And on the other time zone, probably it's already morning, and now you're preparing to go to church. And then within East African time, uh, most of you probably are in church now. I know that you're all in your churches, in your largest numbers and millions gathered in your churches. And uh, it serves me with a great honor and a wonderful divine privilege that I should come to you, blessed people, this time. I want to share a few things, and I know that you've been told already to have a piece of paper and a pen, or a book and a pen, that your memory may not let you down, because I realize this is one generation that has so much spiritual amnesia. They tend to forget, they claim to forget that your memory may not let you down because of the critical hour we are in, number one, and number two, because of the mighty, mighty sensitivity how critical the stuff I'm going to share is from the Lord God Almighty. Uh, this is a tremendous time. This is absolutely, without a doubt, a very historic time upon the face of the earth. And uh, I know that I spoke to the blessed senior Archbishop D.C. John Lituda several during today's church service. Yesterday, we were awake having a big conversation quite most of the night uh, with some senior bishops and uh, the senior archbishop of uh, Wana D.C., Muheshimiwa John Lichunda. And I know that I spoke with him again a few times today before I've come on air, and he has come on air, and he has underscored to you the gravity and the sensitivity of this hour and to his church, where the seat of the Archbishop, I passed a second blessing that he delivered to the church. I want to begin, first of all, before I share anything that the Lord has spoken now, I want to begin by dispensing the blessings of the Lord to all of you that are tuned in globally. I see Texas, I see everywhere, every New Zealand, Australia, Texas, the islands, Africa, Europe, Asia, everywhere. I want to begin, first of all, by blessing all of you that are tuned in, including Malaysia. My daughter, Pastor Grace, they are there in Malaysia. They are holding breath for the Lord in a very mighty way. And I say it, the visitation of the Lord God Almighty that accrued, that is currently ongoing on the earth, the mission of the cloud of God, the visitation of Yahweh that did transpire on the 22nd of December, the year 2019, just one or two, two or four months ago, uh, that visitation essentially came to identify God's own. We know very clearly in the other life when he came, when he came in the other life to he that speaks with you, he came to identify his elect. He came to pick his elect. And I know now the Lord has divulged 
He has divulged so much to you, all of you in this generation, that now it's without a speck of a doubt that you know which servant he is identifying to you. Which servant he is giving the ID. He is identifying that look, revealing, he says, this is the servant that you see in the Old Testament. You see, only he, I visit in the cloud. That is now biblical, it is embedded in the Bible. There is no question about that at this moment. In the past, you may have claimed ignorance. You may have claimed that you are not aware. Oh, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. But now, in the open public space, the God of heaven, at the decree, at the call, at the summon of he that speaks with you, these two prophets, he has descended in the eyes of the generation. That is now, without a question, the landmark of this visitation. That is the landmark visitation that characterizes this hour and this church. And so, the coronavirus, the disease that they have struck, the plague they have struck the earth with, you can see what is happening right now. And on a daily basis, the Lord has maintained a daily conversation on the severity of that disease, on what is happening, on how bad it's going to be. The Lord has continued to talk about that classical fulfillment of the prophecy that gives a classical identity of he that speaks with you and from which time dispensation he has been derived to be able to minister to this generation. That is without a doubt also. And the locust, the locust that the United Nations have now said, the earth has never seen anything like this from its creation. When he that speaks to you struck the land with locusts because of the blackmail of the media, trying to blackmail these two prophets of Yahweh, lacking reverence and fear of God. That is also clear. The plague of locusts, in, the, in fact, is the one that now has very stuck high the identity and the distinction of he that speaks with you today. And I know those visitations are in the church. You are seeing them, even the guests are seeing them. They're beginning to wonder and understand the time, the prophetic timeline. I know that on December 26th, the year 2019, when I said it earlier, I think it was December 8th or something, I said it earlier that I would command, I have commanded the sun to, to go into darkness, to be covered like a goat skin, with a blanket like goat skin, a black, dark goat skin, not to give its life. And only the age, only the ages of the sun give life. Then you saw what happened on December 26th, when finally the sun was closed out, and the sun did not give its life, and the earth went into darkness. And then what the news media, taking my words, CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC, Sky News, Euro News, what Asia, what everything, France 24, everybody, NBC, CNBC, ABC News, everywhere, global, repeating my words and they say, the ring of fire. When the sun stopped giving light, it light, at the words, at the command of my tongue, and so, the identity of he that speaks with you has been made very clear, because now you see in the first phase, he struck nations with earthquakes, he commanded rain and Kakamega to come down in an instant, and even before the translation,
translated. That rain came down. With the rainbow at my back here, and he opened heaven also in Joro in the midst of the worst drought 2006 in this nation, when the carcasses of animals were littered everywhere. And commanded rain, and I, in an instant rain came again. In Eldama Ravine he repeated it. In Kisi repeated it. In Nigeria repeated it. In Lima Peri repeated it. So if you are looking for repeatability, the Lord has established it without any speck of a doubt. Who it is that was ministering to you all throughout before the cloud came. Striking Mount Everest with earthquakes, the most dreadful earthquake, and reducing that mountain by one meter, and tilting the earth. Striking Mount, the Andes Mountains, the longest and hugest mountain on the other side. On this side it strikes in the east, then on the other side the biggest mountain, and reducing it. And shaking it, such that the aftershocks that entered Brazil and many of the nations were actually measuring 7.7. They were earthquakes on their own merits. Shook the entire Southern American continent. If that was the message that these two servants by the Lord have come to shake the earth from slumber and to cause the earth to know that she has a creator, then there's no better place to look at than that. So you can see very clearly that the Lord has been very relentless in the identification of the messengers that are walking here. And so before I begin to give you the message of this moment, I want first of all to bless all the churches, all of you that are gathered and tuned in, because I understand the enormity of the authority that I behold before Jehovah Yahweh, my friend, the enormous tremendous God of Israel. And I want to take advantage of this moment before I delve, I get into the thick of it, to bless you, because I don't want to forget this. It has consequences if I don't do so. I bless all of you that are children, that are seated in the churches, that are obedient to God. How awesome at this critical hour of heedlessness, heathenism, the systems of heathenism and atheism have consumed the earth such that there is an absolute constant, a, a whole generation that are constantly drifted away from God, even the church. The church has not been spared the brunt of apostasy. And that's why I want to take advantage, excuse me, <laughs> take advantage of this hour before I begin to bless you, bless your lives, bless your salvation, bless you that are obedient and seated under this voice of God, the voice of Yahweh, the voice of the Lord of hosts. I want to bless you across the nation and in the nation of Kenya and all the churches seated in the
especially sexual sin, sexual perversion, lies, and all the things that are taken away from the church, the authority of God in the church. That you may reject that, that God Almighty may order your steps into holiness without which nobody will see the Lord. I want to begin by blessing your children. I bless your families. I bless your health. But if anybody is not healthy, even as we wait for the grand mega healing service, I have released the healing anointing already. I did so even when I came back from Kisumo. And the Lord lifted me up into his throne room and handed over the leaves of the tree of life. I really did come before you and decree that even as we wait for the mega day of the grand mega healing service, I don't know how humongous it will be. I still have blessed you with the healing anointing of God that some of you will be healed across the board to just affirm to the world, affirm to this land, and confirm to you that these two mega prophets, their presence is in the land. That the sick and the crippled will continue to be healed, the blind continue to see, the deaf here and there popping up across the land until that day, just to confirm to you that the presence of God embodied, embodied in these two mega prophets is in the land. So I bless your job, those who are looking for job, provision, the providence of God, those who are in situation, marital problems, whatever the condition, kidney problems, kidney failures, liver problems, brain psychosis, brain tumors, cancers, what I have totally decreed that the Lord is going to convene, is going to convene a tremendous healing authority at this hour and begin to mitigate, begin to intervene now. If you to set you free, make you whole for the sake of the hour, the testimony of this hour, and the testimony of these two servants that are ministering across the face of the earth at this hour. So I want to begin by blessing your eternity, that God may guide you and remember you in the eternity of heaven. After that blessing, then I want to deliver the following. I want to say... But the Lord has spoken with absolute clarity that this hour demands repentance. God Almighty is calling the church and all humanity at this hour to repent and believe the gospel and receive Christ Jesus and be born again properly without apostasy. That is the second thing I want to lay before you today. That the Lord has called this generation to a mega universal repentance, a global repentance. That the nations have been given a clarion call without any ambiguity whatsoever. Because the need thereof is very clear, even a child, that this generation for sure needs to repent. So it's on that premise that the Lord has called upon this generation to repent and receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior and be born again properly and walk a holy life. In other words, the life of rejecting sin. That is absolutely very clear now that God Almighty has called you that are listening, whatever you are, whichever nation, whatever child, all over this country, all over this land, he has called you to repentance, that you may be holy, that you may live a holy Christian lifestyle. Why? Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, 
any faith, like every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. For without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. Now that scripture you have recited, even now I've just recited it without reading anywhere. Everybody has recited that scripture time and again. But the day is coming when that benchmark will be accomplished. That standard will not be lowered on the day that I'm announcing the coming of the Messiah, the day of the rapture of the church. The day when Yahweh, the cloud you saw, the cloud you saw come to Kisumu, how I have seen him come down and the glorious stairs appear and the door open in that cloud, the same cloud you saw in Kisumu, and the holy fame enter. When that day of rapture of entry into heaven comes, for without holiness, Nobody will see the Lord. That is absolutely clear without any debate or discussion whatsoever. And then now, having said about repentance, having said so, I want you to know as a nation also, I know I've talked about the global repentance, the global repentance that is coming to the earth, that is demanded of the earth, that God has used these two prophets now to call the earth to a, to a global repentance. The repentance of the world, all flesh, all men, even the mountains and the trees are being shaken that they may repent. Having said so, now I want to narrow down to Kenya. Kenya, these are the things that are coming your way. That really prioritize, make your repentance an emergency. Emergency, an urgency. Number one, I have come here before and I've said, I see you running Kenyan and I see tremendous gunfire and you are being felled by bullets. I have seen your future Kenya. That's why I always plead with you Kenya, not from a position of weakness, but from a disposition of love. And I say, Kenya, please, don't blackmail me. Don't try. Don't try. The time will come when you have to cry to me to restore your country back to you. To restore it to you, to be the Kenya you know. You really need these two prophets. Remember 2013 also. When I had seen everything, I had seen before that, I had seen the gunfire, the dead bodies were being lined up on the road kilometers long, kilometers long. Women were trying to climb trucks to escape from different parts of the country, and the, 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 there was no room, people were fooling that deeper, some of the lorries, the Lord made sure be a deeper. And then she said, if you can't take me, she threw her baby up there, and they took the baby, and said, if you can't carry me, if there's no room, at least take the baby. And there were dead bodies lined up all along the road of this country, the biggest genocide ever. And only until the Lord compelled me to intervene before the election, then Kenya became Kenya again. So I want to say, God blackmail me, don't slander me, don't defame me, don't touch me, don't mock me. You will need the Lord. Now you know who it is is speaking to you. You know that the shadow of these two prophets are so big, they reach all the way 520 million light years away. Their shadow is universal. 
میخواست به شکل تای یونیفاس به این میزیستان تو در تای یونیفاس پلاس پلانس این در گالکسیز میبالون در لیتو ارد ویچ از لیک گروپ ادوت این این اوشن ادوت And so, addressing myself to Kenya, I have seen what is coming your way, Kenya. I see Syria gunfire, and I see you being fell down. You are dying, your children are dying. I see Syria gunfire, running and animosity between Christ. And you are slaughtering one another like you won't believe it. The unbelievable genocide on the earth I've seen in this land. And that's why I'm saying, Kenya, you will need me. I say because of the blood smell of the media that the locusts are coming. Look now what is in the land. Look what is in your land. And by extension all the neighboring, the neighborhood. So I've always said, Kenya, I know that I love you. I love you so much. And these the nations are envious about the disposition of love. The quantities of love that I have ministered to you. The largest number of cripples ever raised by Jesus. Ever since he died and resurrected at Calvary. Ah, Kenya. The largest since the earth was created. Raised by the cross and the blood of Jesus. Ah, So that love the nations have seen, they come to you to be able to hear what the throne of God is saying. They listen, even Israel, I get to see all of them, even the rabbi tuned in, listening. They get to come, to, to, to tune in here, to hear what God Yahweh is saying to the earth. So that love is obvious, Kenya. But I have warned you, Kenya, that within that great disposition of love, please be careful, because these prophets are not your Kenyans. I know that the Lord has checked them in, He has blended them with you, but they are not your tribes, they are not your nationalities, they are not your Africanism and whatever, the tribalism, nationalism, Africanism, whatever. They belong to Yahweh, they belong to all the nations. So I've seen that coming your way. And so, within the greater love I have for Kenya, where I bless you like a blessed other nation, and bless you, and bless you, however there is a responsibility that Kenya must one day repent, observe the national repentance, and invite this prophet, and without the contestation of all the other religions that God does not speak with, never. You do that, I will not come and you will see the consequence. He will tear you down and grind you. Strictly by his messengers. By now you know that the Lord God does not speak to any other person on the earth. Only these two prophets. Now you know that the rest have actually been liars. The cloud that came to Kisumu affirmed that. He said, please the Lord, are my servant, period, no debate. That is clear to even a six-year-old baby. And you know it has been a challenge. And the Lord makes me see all the preachers all over the globe, how it has shaken them, how they are wondering, they are saying, how should we approach him? But you see, he's very unrelenting, he's very uncompromising. They fear, and they are saying, but we can't ignore this. How do we do this now? But God has chosen that time.
you know the world. You know the world the way it is racism. You know the racism of the world. It has no place before God. They are racial. They are wondering, which means the way the Lord lets me hear their conversations when they gather and begin to talk about these two prophets, which means they have their own paradigm on who the two prophets of Revelation would be. What race? But I want to tell you one thing, that the Lord has sent this servant to the entire earth, not a continent, not a nation, not a person, not a race, not a what. They belong to the throne of Yahweh. That one, even a little child, understands today. Without any doubt, understands that. And failure to recognize that also has dire, total, eternal consequences. Blackmailing them has total, eternal consequences. Again, let me repeat here. I have seen gunfire. I have seen Kenya, I think you butchering one another. People being felt serious bloodshed, the most historic genocide in this land. To whom much love is given, much responsibility has been bestowed. And you know what you need to do as a nation to stop that from happening. You need to stop blackmailing these two prophets. These are not your brothers. <laughs> You need to stop the blackmail, the slander, the malice, the defamation, the mockery. You cannot. You know, if you touch them, you know, you are touching the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh himself. And the consequence is what I have been coming. Number two. You remember too when I have come before you and seen that the entire land of Kenya, there is not even one single leaf on the soil. Leaf, one green leaf on the soil is not there. And the people are not there. They have died out of starvation. The few that remain, they tied the things on their heads and they walked in large columns trying to get to another country, another land. Because of this famine. Famine. Not even one leaf was growing. I don't know whether it was out of drought that these two prophets shut heaven over you, or it was out of the locker. And I was having a long conversation this past night, until morning, until about 5 a.m. in the morning, with the bishop. And I was telling them that if Kenya continues in blackmail and slander and mockery, then the Lord will take these locusts, this tremendous, most dreadful plague of locusts that I have trapped Kenya with, he will take it to the full nine years, the full affected, whereby he will now prove to you who the true prophets are, and he will prove to you who is most important before Yahweh. Whether it is you or it is the messenger, he has sent to prepare the anointed way, the holy way for the Messiah. Who should listen to who? And I'm saying, if you continue your black slander, I have seen the prophets of the Lord walking in the land like this, sustained by God himself. And I see there is not even one leaf on the soil. So don't joke with this locust. Don't joke. The day when the Lord came to announce me about the locust, it is the Lord God himself, the person of God the Father. It is the ancient of days himself that came and stood in front of me and spoke with me.
land. The two prophets are walking the land slowly now. And there is nobody in the land. And there is not one leaf. Not one leaf has grown on the soil. That means not even the, not even the rain came. Don't joke with this locust. Just like the UN have now said that this is now a shocking phenomenon never seen since the earth was created. Don't joke with this. And they are saying they are now going to multiply 500 times. And they are saying that the reservoir where the swarms are coming from are still laying fresh ones which are coming. Don't joke around with these two prophets, Kenya. You can see them in the Old Testament and what they did in Egypt. Don't joke around. These are the prophets of Revelation. These are the prophets that bring the judgments of the Lamb. Don't joke around. Because I know Kenyans are being haughty and proud until the Lord wrote, He wrote for me with His own hand, telling P R I D E, pride. It was shocking to see His hand, His fingers typing that in front of me like this. But please keep the pride out of the way of Yahweh. He will grind you and humiliate you. You don't know what you are dealing with. He will humiliate you. He will humble you in the worst manner that you will become a lesson to all others. And that's why, make sure you begin repentance. And that's why I began by blessing you that you may understand that my position is to bless you because you've received a greater portion of the visitation before the Messiah comes. I would expect that all of you are headed to heaven, to the glorious kingdom of God. But please, in the midst of the celebration that I'm announcing here, that Kenya must continue celebrating the visitation of the Lord Yahweh, the tremendous God of Israel, Jehovah Yahweh, that came to Kisumu when I called my friend Yahweh. If somebody is that much a friend of God, fear that man. It is common knowledge. Even a baby knows you have to fear and revere that person. At least for posterity, for your future, for your eternity. Because you know what the Lord will do. He will humiliate you nationally in the public space. If you don't. So Kenya... I see these things coming to you, and you know that you are dealing with the prophets that have come to roll out, to unleash the judgments of God that you see take place in the book of Revelation. After the rapture takes place, these prophets have come with the wrath of God the Father, to unleash that wrath on the earth. So you cannot joke with them, you don't have so much bearing. You don't have so much magnitude to flex with them and twist with them, twist arms and whatever. Because they come with wrath. So you cannot fool around. They will strike you. So Kenya needs to repent. The church in Kenya, full of sexual immorality. The media, full of malice and slander. 
tremendous. What a tremendous thing. Amazing and tremendous. Very, very amazing and tremendous. So, Celia, Joanne, I'm back on air, right? Yes, please, my lord, the mightiest. Amazing and tremendous. So that is the complexity within Kenya, with which, within which Kenya finds herself, where the blessings of God are enormous and have been poured unto her by these messengers of God whose shadow cover the whole universe. The friends of God that walk too close to God. God the Father. They have poured so much blessing and yet they are demanding of Kenya that she repent. That is just the complication and the complexity of the matrix, the spiritual matrix of God that Kenya finds herself in. Whereby so much love is with her, the love of God has been poured. And yet, because of the residence of these two prophets, there are standards of God that must be achieved. You cannot blaspheme them. And Kenyans are the vilest of all the violence. And those sitting in the churches are again the holiest of all the churches globally. So it's a tremendous situation that can only land you the wrath of God. So the nation needs to repent. Kenya needs to repent. God has called the nation to repent us. Otherwise, you will be humiliated before the nation. The ones that speak with you now, they have the authority to stop anything and everything coming to you. They have the power and authority. That is very clear. I remember last week, last week after the Lord spoke with me, when the cloud of God came to me, when the person of God the Father, who speaks like that, who says the person of God the Father, coming to speak to you face to face like a friend speak to a friend. When the person of God the Father appeared and when he appeared and I was terrified and then he said, no, don't fear. For you, you are my friend. And I remember that inside me or that they don't know, you know, for me, he, he, he's my friend. He's my friend. And then all of a sudden, he was enveloped by the cloud you see in Kisumu. Last week, I'm talking about last week. He was enveloped by the cloud you see in Kisumu. And when he was enveloped, then he grew very close to me, almost one meter. Almost less than a meter, actually. And the cloud stood like a funnel like this. And then in that dream, I stretch out my left hand. And then out of the cloud, his hand came out and passed, touched my left hand. They were friends. A friend gave touch there, greet another friend. So if you think about friendship in the human terms, when you have a faithful friend on the earth, the one that stands with you, the one that very close talks to you, he calls you, if your family has a problem, he knows about it. If all everything, a friend. A friend, friend, whether if you have no milk, he's away, he comes, he brings money, he says, no, I'm away, you didn't have anything for milk today, buy it. You know, that level of friend, where he knows what your family is going through, you know what his family is going through. If in human terms, families can be that friend and faithful, how much more the faithfulness of the friend, friend,
worship by God to his purpose. And so I remember, after that dream, I came out and met the senior bishops here. We sat down, then I told them one thing. I said, I am afraid, blessed people. My sons, I'm afraid. My sons, I fear. I've just realized I'm too close to God the Father. Extremely too close. And I fear that you people relating around me here, you know, because of human flesh, you might error. There's no, you don't have a little notch that you can take left like this and error. God will strike you. I told him I'm afraid I'm too close to God the Father. I'm too close to Him. I really fear for you people. Those that draw near and sit in the counts of the two prophets. So I'm saying that this that speaks with you, he that speaks with you, has the authority to stop anything coming to Kenya. And if Kenya is wise, honor and respect them. That they may save your country. Otherwise, you know, they will make your country an example for the nations to see. You know they have no regard for anything flesh. You know that they only receive instruction and command and navigation from the Lord God, the Father, their friend, alone, period. So Kenya, make sure that you repent. But the third part of the conversation I want to give before the message, before I, give, I begin the message, the third part of the conversation is that I want to announce to you that this week, Kenya, as you repent in your heart, as you repent in your churches tonight before you go out, as you repent in your home when you get home tonight, this week from today on, I announce a national celebration historic for the visitation of Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, my friend, Kisumu. When I called him to come to me, and he came to me, and he has shaken the entire church globally. Who is this that can walk too close, can call on God the Father, and God the Father's faith fully comes to him. So we are beginning a mega celebration. There will be big celebrations even at the head offices here, beginning Thursday and Friday by the senior bishops that will converge as we plan a grand mega supranational celebration for the council of bishops and then for the entire church we have to get some stadium or some open place to celebrate that God has shown such a disposition of love such an inclination of love to be able to visit you in a manner he has not done more than 3,000 years away only then he did. And that's why I want to announce the big celebration before I begin the message. I don't want to forget this. This is important that we recognize the Lord. There will be a lot of ranting of the Kelekele in the air. The worshipping of Jehovah, the Alpha and the Omega will rant the air. Because who knows? In that way the Lord may save you, Kenya. He may say, look, they really worship me so well. The, the entire airspace over Kenya is saying, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are my God. Who knows at this hour when the Lord has spoken judgment, when the prophets of judgment are navigating the earth. So, on that breath of love and celebration and bigelegele, 
and feasting when you're at home if you can manage to slaughter some chicken enjoy something with your family because God our God the God of heaven has come and identified with us he did not go to any other creature of the earth he did not go to any other nation he did not go to any other denomination he did not go to any other church he came here and you can imagine how he has shaken the globe. Everybody on the other side, either they come and submit or they prepare for the worst, for the big and ugly of that day. But when the Lord comes, blessed people, I want to begin to walk slowly and give you a message also, wherever you are in your churches. That's why the senior archbishop, the blessed senior archbishop, my own son, Mweshimiwa John Mitunda. That's why he came live on air. And he said, prepare because of the privilege of the hour in the land. Prepare with a piece of paper. I mean with a book and a pen that your memory may not let you down. And so today I want to talk about one very important aspect of the goings on. The goings on that you see I have brought to the earth. These two prophets are brought to the earth. They struck the earth, part of the cloud of God came, number one. Number two, they struck the earth with a plague of darkness, December 26th, 2019. And then, they have now struck the earth with a plague of locusts. Number four, they have struck the earth with a plague of the coronavirus disease, the CODIV, CODIV-19, in their nomenclature by the International Committee for Taxonomy. The coronavirus disease. And you can see the tremendous distress they gave. They talked about 2015, way back, that there will be a tremendous distress. Look at the distress in aviation. Today as we speak, the U.S., the Black Hawk helicopter is right now on its way from Japan, headed to that ship in the ocean, stranded there, to pull out the Americans and take them into isolation somewhere and see how they can they can attend to them and bring treatment to them. People are stranded in the oceans. People that are set out to go and enjoy the discourse, the world, whatever it is, in the cruise ships. It turned out into a nightmare. It became the cruise, the cruise ship from hell. China has been shaken to the core until for the first time in the history of China. China has now asked for help from Europe and other nations for the first time. And you know Chinese, how proud they are as a nation. They never asked for help from anyone else. So if that is a measure of the gravity on just, and just how much China has been shaken, you can see. And look at the entire globe, how the airlines have stopped going. People are stranded on one side of the earth. They cannot go because there are no airlines traveling to China. What what situation? Situation, it is entering Europe now. It's entering Africa. And I say two days ago, then he talked to me about the doctors who are infected, going to be infected. And I could see many people, and it makes me know what they are feeling in their bodies, that the sting of the virus, wow, that virus is inside my body. And it's a lot of them, a lot of people. And as we speak today, more than 1,600 
that have been died, have been killed, have died. And more than 68,000. And remember, only 8,000 have recovered, so-called recovered and been released. How about the rest then? And then remember today, even in your news, that there are so many Chinese in their largest millions who are busy, who are in their homes rather, and they are longing for masks and whatever, protective gear. And there is a shortage according to prophecy. And remember, there are so many in Wuhan who have the disease and they are in their home and they have not yet been reached by the Chinese health department. It's in your news now. That's the current news right now. And they have spoken live on news. They have spoken on TV. Because the TV people simply took their social media, how they are crying out, and then went and located them and asked the, so the media, asked the, the authorities rather, how about these ones who are not in the hospital? They're now trying to reach them. But it's unreachable sometimes because of shortages. And remember, there is no medication for it. Just like the prophecy said. So, I want to bring you to context, into context. I want to bring the whole thing into context. Why these two prophets are being revealed like this? Why they have struck the earth with this amount of wrath? Because the Bible promised blessed people that there will be the beginnings of past pain. The beginning of bad pains. And you can see that the Lord has drafted it and designed it so beautifully that the beginning of bad pain, so they would have power. They would have power to call God to cast to them, no matter how advanced and postmodern the age is. Because if you look at the stripe of one of them, the cloud of God the Father comes to him. So no matter the postmodernism, no matter how fast that they did that, they would have to do it in this age, in the broad daylight in your eyes, to call God the Father, to come down at their call, at their summon, in the thick that cloud that only this one of them. Number two would have power to strike the earth with place as many times as they wish. Remember if you read the book of Revelation chapter 13, chapter 11 and 12 and 13, all those are very important. You see at the end of the great tribulation, when finally they finish their testimony, they finish their witnessing, testifying for God. Then they submit themselves like Christ, the way Christ submitted himself. And then they are killed in Jerusalem. But remember they don't die because I have seen that death. Their life is taken away. It gets out of the body and they can see their bodies lying there. And remember after three and a half days, and then the voice, God himself, remember that his own, his own messenger, he calls them, come up here. Then they become, they, they, they resurrect again. And then there is terror. Terror consumes the earth. They strike the earth with the biggest earthquake in the history of time. And all the inhabitants of the earth reject the Antichrist and now worship the Lord. They succeed in their mission as they leave, as the Messiah is coming down. 
They are God the Father, His own. They are His own. God the Father. But I'm saying, in the past, over the ages, the church has been looking at that definition in Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 13, Malachi chapter 4, all these scriptures that he describes them. And writing down the characteristics and their capacity and their authority and their anointing and their power. And all Christians globally have been looking around, scanning the globe to see is there anyone in the globe we see who can call God the Father to come in the cloud? Number two, is there anyone currently striking the earth with bless? They have been looking and not seeing. Try, is there anybody who can strike the earth with locusts? The plague of locusts. Is there anybody who can strike the earth with the plague of darkness? Is there anybody who can command heaven and rain come down or shut it? So, the nations, the church, the house of the Lord, the body of Christ has been looking. But you see now that when the Lord begins to bring the beginning of our faith, then now he identifies the true prophets of the book of Revelation, chapter 11. How shocking. Now you can see they are doing things that people are looking for. They are looking. If anybody who can do this, they are doing the unbelievable. And the Lord is now engaging them. So I wanted to bring into context what is happening. The beginning of our pain before the rapture of the church. And when you see this kind of identification and identity going on, it can only tell you that you need to be ready for the coming of the Messiah has drawn nearer. And that's why today I want to begin this sermon by talking about the judgment of God that these two prophets bring to the earth. The judgment of God that they are loaded with. Remember one of them in the sky and the whole of his body and his beard and face is covered with a lot of bees, a lot of bees, and they are all over the bed, all over the, the chest, all over the head. In other words, the Lord was saying, and the two were talking to one another, the Lord was saying that they are loaded with the wrath of the judgment of God, the wrath of God. And that's why I'm telling you, they are not your Kenyans, don't familiarize with them. Utahumia, you will suffer if you try. So if you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 3, I want to look at now their mission. Why they are unleashing the beginning of our pain, at the same time, they are preparing the church, the elect, the holy bride of Christ, that they may get time to say that out, as the wrath of God they behold, they use it to strike the earth in the most unbelievable way. And now you can tell from the coronavirus, from Ebola they decreed, from the Zika virus they commanded, they have been striking the earth with blades as often as they want. From the locust. Now you can tell that you don't want to be at that time when they will be operating in the full wrath of God at max, maximum, climax. You can tell for yourself it will be terrible. There will be no leaf on the soil. 
That's why you see people celebrate. When they finally finish the testimony and they submit themselves to anti Christ and slay it, then people change gifts. People change gifts. Because they, they have commented the art unbelievably. Struck with earthquakes. They have struck with disease where people cannot come out of the house. It will be unbelievable. Struck with darkness. It will be a shocking time. And that's why the message, the invariable message to you is that you need to prepare and get out of here. Now let me begin the sermon on the judgment of God that is coming that I behold by reading from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 3. I want you to turn with me to that blessed people and I'm hoping that the blackmailers are not trying to tap the phone again. That would be deadly for the nation then. Because the whole world is tuned in and they have been watching Kenya's blackmail upon these two prophets. They have been watching how Kenya is hunting these two prophets. But anyhow, I want to begin on the wrath of God, the judgment of God that is coming the reason for which you need to prepare and enter heaven on the day of rapture. The, the judgment of God, the judgment of God, whose beginnings you are seeing the two prophets unleash, the judgment of Yahweh, the judgment of the God of Israel, the judgment of God that is coming to the earth, now, during the beginning of our things in a little bit, and then in full scale, full wrath, after the church has entered into heaven. That's where I want to begin today. And so, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 3. Look at what he says. He says, Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 3, If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie forever. There it will lie. So that is what I want to begin with, blessed people. He's saying that at this hour, when the church is already beginning to see the glimpse, the glimpse of what will happen after the rapture, after the Holy Bride of Christ has been safely taken into the safety of heaven. The Lord has allowed you as you are still on the earth, number one, to see the messengers who are the principles, the principles, And if you read the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, 19 to 21, it says, Come, my people, enter your room, shut the doors, your doors behind you for a little while, until the wrath has passed by. Look, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling place to punish the earth. His indignation is all over the earth. And he says, The earth shall conceal a slain no longer. And all that. He says that the church enters her rooms. The rooms Jesus went to prepare for you. When in John chapter 14, 1 to 3 says, I go to the Father. In the Father's house there are many mansions. There are many rooms. If I go there, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will be back. I will be back. I will come back. I will return and take 
to may be where I am. So the church is taken into the safety of heaven. That is the day when you will be shocked. Nothing will matter to you anymore. You are lawyering. You are being a lawyer will not matter. That will not be important that day. You are being a doctor will not be important that day. You are being a teacher will not matter. You are being an engineer will not be important that day. You are being a, a, a driver, a what, will not matter. What will matter is that you listen to these two prophets and the warnings they brought to the universe, to the earth, by unleashing the beginning of our faith. And you prepared according to the instruction to be holy and totally holy without any compromise whatsoever. And then you enter. So you are being a lawyer will not matter that day. You are being a judge. You are being a police officer. You are being an engineer. You are being a doctor, a teacher, a driver, a what, an architect. All things will not matter on that day. And that's why this message coming before the rapture is so key. It's yet another disposition of love from the Lord. That you may be able to reprioritize your life. Because he's saying here that whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie, blessed people. Oy. Meaning, you'd rather prepare yourself now. That's what he's saying in that scripture of Ecclesiastes 11.3. He's saying the following. He's saying that God is now urging the Christians. He's pleading with you Christians who are alive, the living people, living Christians alive today, to be holy while you are still on earth. Again, he's saying God is pleading with you, literally pleading with you Christians, pleading with his people in the church of Christ, to live holy life, urging Christians to be holy and live holy life. While you are still alive. Because he says that death must always happen to every person. In other words, death is telling you to always be holy at all times and obey these two prophets very well at all times because they come from Jehovah Yahweh. That you may live a holy life. That you may take the instruction on righteousness and zero tolerance to sin, zero tolerance to sexual sin. He's saying so. Why? Because he's saying death must always happen. Will always happen to everybody, whether before the rapture or at rapture. And when you are holy and prepared, it does not matter when you are taken. If you are waiting for the rapture, awaiting the coming of the Messiah, and then you die before the rapture, and you are holy, how beneficial, how beautiful, beautiful, beautiful it is. What a beautiful condition you are in. Because you know you will end up in heaven. You will end up in heaven. If you are living a holy life now, and the rapture happens before you die, it is equally beautiful because you go straight to heaven. 
the Lord is saying in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 3, and he says it in the book of Revelation chapter 22 verse 11, I'm reading Revelation 22, blessed people, turn with me there because this is the impromptu sermon that you have landed into, run into, those of you that love the Lord and love the eternity in heaven. Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 it says, He says, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong, and let the vile person who does vile with vileness, the vilest of people, again, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong, let the vile, vile person continue to be vile. Then he says, let the one who does right, in other words, holy, continue to do right, and let the holy person continue to be holy. In other words, when death happens, it is irreversible totally. That's what he's saying here. That if you are living a holy life, you have listened to these two prophets, and the instruction on how to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, the Jesus of Nazareth, whose way they have come to prepare, the King of Glory. And you inculcate into your life the instruction to righteousness, to holiness, zero tolerance to sin, to a straight right standing with God, a straight Christian lifestyle. He's saying... There is a continuity of death. If you die when you are vile, you continue into vileness into eternity of vileness. If you die when you are holy, you continue into holiness, into the kingdom of holiness, into heaven. Revelation chapter 22, while we are still there, let's take advantage of that. While we are still at Revelation 22, verse 14. Verse 14 it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may not, again, blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the holy city. Verse 15 it says, it says, outside are the doors. Those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, the liars, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So when you look at what the Lord is saying here in the context of our conversation, the beginning of our pain, and the wrath of God is coming, and the clarion call to prepare for rapture. Then he's saying, it is prudent that one listens. Because he says, when that moment comes when the tree falls south, nobody can, that tree cannot change course, cannot lift itself up and then fall down. No. Where it falls, there shall lie forever. Meaning, this is the most ample time the church has. Well, now you have seen the, 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 the darkness, you have seen the dread, the fear, the dreadfulness of the dispensation coming after the rapture. 
that this is the most treasured time for your church life, your Christian life, to be born again properly and be holy. Because he's saying, look at this now, blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have access to the tree of life, in other words, in heaven, and live eternally, and have everlasting life. Those of you that listen to the instruction of these two prophets to prepare the finest linen, bright and clean was given to the church. And lino fino, resplandeciente y limpio, is the righteousness of the church. The finest linen, bright and clean, is the righteousness of the Christian. The righteous acts of the saints. Meaning holiness, righteousness, fear of God, right standing, reverence, what? Everything, the righteous acts, many acts that build up into righteousness. And he's saying here that the Lord is urging you that are tuned in in your churches today to live holy lives, to be holy. Because when death comes, it will come to every man. Nobody is exempt. Except the Messiah that resurrected. And he's saying, blessed people, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, as we begin to navigate the message today, a message that I have prepared to give at the Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. And I know we will give this message, even the broader aspect of it all. The book of Matthew, at the global, well, global it will be, but at the national world exploration and public lecture at the Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. And my son, Senior Bishop Cesar Mutai is there, Matthew with the authorities. This week we are visiting there to see the venue, if it can accommodate us. But this is the kind of message that is coming to you all, not just the students. And he's saying that this is the hour to make decisions. To choose which way you want to spend your eternity. When you can see the dread and the fear and the ugliness and the dreadfulness of the coronavirus, the modern world cannot fly. Modern man is in zero now. Now God is finally God. And man is man. When the locusts have come, and you can use, not use a bomb, you cannot use a nuclear bomb to kill the locusts. You cannot shoot them with a, a gun. A bazooka, RPG, what? You cannot. They have come, and they are totally unbearable. And he's saying, these are the moments you should choose then where you want to spend eternity because the tribulation and the great tribulation is just virtually unbearable. So Matthew chapter 3, as we continue with this matter of the judgment of God that comes, I'm simply warning you now, I'm simply laying the foundation of the message, your Sunday service, the sermon for Sunday. Matthew chapter 3, I'm reading verses 10 to 12, it says the following. It says, the axe is already at the foot of the tree. Again, the axe is already at the foot of the tree. And every 
fields that are not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now he has introduced fire within the context of the judgment of God. What he's saying, the sea that falls north or falls south, he says, the earth is already at the foot of the tree, ready to cut that tree in its inherent condition. And he says, not producing good fruit, thrown into fire. And he says, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. The Messiah, can you imagine? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now look at that. He includes the fire again. Remember the fire we just read in verse 10 for judgment to burn the trees that don't produce good fruit. And now he says here, the Messiah baptizes the Holy Spirit and he comes with the fire of the presence of God. Also to incinerate the sinful desires of the flesh for those who choose him. And he goes on to say, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gathering the wheat into the barn, into the barn rather, and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Fire again. The scripture I have read for you now has mentioned fire three good times. A whole three clean times he has referred to fire when it comes to judgment of God against sin. Amazing. And then you see the book of Luke chapter 16 as we open up our discussion today. As we open up this very powerful sermon, Luke chapter 16, the message that was prepared for Jomo Kenyatta, University of Agriculture and Technology, and all the students who will come in their largest numbers from the universities all across this land. And those tuned in globally, and the church globally that will come there also. The church nationally, rather. But it's good to give a little glimpse of this beautiful message. And he says, the warning for you to be able to take serious and priority at this hour when you are still alive. He says, God is currently crying and pleading to the Christians, urging them to live holy lives while they are still alive. Why? Because of these things I'm reading. Luke chapter 16 verse 22, he says the following. 22, 26, he says, <coughs> excuse me. The time came when the beggar died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died, but died and was buried. Inside Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him and said, and then he called to him, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy, have grace, have pity, feel poor about me, have pity on me, and send Lazarus, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. Again mentioning fire, fire. Fire! If there is anything you need to think about the judgment of the Lord, it's called fire. Why the Lord who choose holiness and pick the cues, they see the signals, they see the weather 
anymore now. If he was a doctor, he's being a doctor, he's not important anymore. He's in the torment of fire. If he was a captain, a pilot, he's not helping him anymore. If he was an office messenger, a housewife, a shopkeeper, a wealthy man, a pastor, a preacher, he's not helping him anymore. Because he listens not. He listens not to the prophets of Yahweh. And I don't have time, but later you see him saying, Abraham, if you can't help me, at least send some prophets down there to warn my brothers that they may not come here. And he said, no, 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 no. The two prophets are already down there. If they have not listened to them when they resurrected Mama Rosa, if they have not listened to them when they struck the earth with coronavirus, if they have not listened to them when they struck Kenya with the locusts, if they have not listened to them when they raised creepers in more than 187 stadiums, 87 stadiums are now across the land. They are all creepers, brothers and sisters and children. They did not listen to them when they opened thousands of blind eyes, thousands and thousands of deaf ears in Kenya. If they did not listen when they struck Mexico's earthquake, Chile, Haiti, the Andes Mountains, Mount Everest, Iran, Russia, Tinjuan earthquake, Kenya earthquake. If they did not listen, then please, <laughs> even if somebody resurrects from the dead like Mama Rosa and goes to warn them, ah, they will not listen. And he's saying, God is crying out to you now. You who are still alive to be holy. Why? Because he says, where three falls, they shall lie. Meaning that death must always happen to everybody. Whether you're going to fall north or south, death must fail you. Death is failing people. And he says, death comes at a time when people least expect. That's what the Lord is saying to you. He says, take advantage of this warning. The two prophets are here. Wow, how beautiful a generation. How wonderful, how beloved, because you can literally see. You can see with your eyes that what is coming ahead is bad. You have already brushed shoulders with the two prophets of Revelation. Huh? So you can literally prepare. Because he's saying, otherwise death comes at the moment that nobody expects. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye. So the book of Hebrews, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, as now we get into the thick of it, about this whole mission of these two prophets, coming to bring the wrath of God. The book of Hebrews chapter 9, and I can hear you, the radio team, there opening pages so powerfully, you're really in the heart of it. This is such an awesome time. The book of Hebrews chapter 9, Verse 27. What a beautiful time to open the pages of the Holy Word before the rapture. The book of Hebrews chapter 9, 27. Once you're ready, we go together. Verse 27, it says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after death, 
judgment. Do you understand now? Do you understand why the two prophets have unleashed the wrath of God within the beginnings of that pain to warn you? That the judgment of God is coming. Death is coming. Everybody must die. But he says here in Hebrews chapter 9, 27, just as people are destined to die, one, and after that, to face judgment. In other words, he's saying that you can only live on the earth once, and then you will die. Everybody must die. In other words, he's saying that after death, if you go to the north or the south, you cannot come back and live another life. There are only very few people that have come back and lived. You can count them, Lazarus. Of course our Lord and Savior, Him, He is God. Him He resurrected and defeated death for you. And that's why we are headed to here. But Lazarus resurrected by the Lord. In the cases you see resurrected by the prophet in the Bible, in the Old Testament, took the Son and lay on him, and then breathe on him, and say, Lord, give him back his life. And the ones you know in Canaan, I'm a rotor. <laughs> and somebody seated in the Nakuru main altar there. Only a few people are given a chance, so you cannot take it for granted. Every man must die once. You only live once and die. So how do you prepare yourself for death? For life after death is what he's addressing here. Just as people are destined to die once, not twice. <laughs> after that, to face judgment. And then he says verse 28. So Christ was crucified once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Do you understand the importance of preparing in earnest? The importance of listening to this sermon here. He says, Christ came to vanquish death, dismatch death, crush death. Now, you see that the two prophets have come, and they are beginning to destroy the earth, to strike the earth, and in the beginning of our pain. In other words, it will get worse when the church is taken away. When the entire world begins to worship the devil. So you can imagine how much they will strike the earth. So the Lord is speaking to you at this time, blessed people, and he's saying that death is virtually unavoidable. You cannot avoid death. Everybody must die. That's what he's saying here. And he says that most people living on the earth today, they are living as though they will not die, even the church. They are living their lives as if they are the exception. They will not die. They are blackmailing Nabi. Wanabi wa Mungu. They are blackmailing the two prophets of the Lord. They are slandering them. They are mocking them. They are abusing them. They are doing whatever they want to the glorious messengers that you can tell, even a child can tell. God treasures 
Christian lifestyle. They don't want to hear. I, how amazing this generation. I, he's saying that you cannot, nobody can avoid death. So you rather prepare that everybody has an appointment with death, all mankind. And yet people are living as though they will not die. Ecclesiastes, blessed people, chapter 12, we can go there. Living as though they are not going to die. Hey, what a generation. But the Lord, they therefore send some prophets down there to save my brothers. No! If Mama Rosa resurrected and wants them to listen to these two prophets, and they continue to blast them, that means if anyone resurrects from the dead, they will not listen. If Jesus resurrected from the dead and went to them and they did not listen, that means if anybody resurrects from the dead and goes to them, they will still not listen. But if the enemy resurrects from the sea, the beast that come from the sea, and come to them, they will all worship the beast. Revelation 13. An unbelievable moment. It talks about the heart of the generation, the inclination of their soul. So the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, it says the following. Remember him before, okay, again Ecclesiastes chapter 12, blessed people, I give you time to get there. I'm reading only three verses, six to eight. It says, Remember him before the silver cord is severed, and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God. Who gave it meaningless, meaningless, again, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. In other words, if you look at the current generation, they are living as though they will not die. They are living as though they will never return to the dust. They are living as though they are gods, small gods. And yet he's saying that you have a creator who gave you a definite lifespan on this earth and that at one point you will go down the dust. At one point you, you will return to the dust that you are. And your spirit will submit to the authority of God and he will consign you a place, assign you a place according to whether you fell north or fell south. There you shall lie. If you are holy, you will assign you, consign your place in the room that Jesus went to prepare in heaven. If you were immoral, a slanderer, blackmailing the two prophets of Yahweh that are dreadfully walking with God in the eyes of this generation, if you are a blackmailer, <laughs> he says, he will assign you a place where the blackmailers are, the devil and his colleagues. 
So the Lord is speaking very powerfully to this generation. He is saying that while you are on this earth, and the two prophets are announcing the coming of the Messiah, you ought to live your life as pilgrims on this earth. Pilgrimage, as a pilgrim, as a temporary resident. That's what the Lord is saying. He says you cannot afford, you can't, to live as though this is permanent. The book of First Peter, and First Peter we are reading chapter 2, 11 and 12. It says the following. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and the exiles of God. Again it says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God the Father, your God, on the day He visits us. Look at how Jesus Christ lived. They were accusing Him every day to be a sinful man. They are saying that my Lord Jesus is sinful. He is not preaching the word well. He is walking the law. He is a sinner. They are taking, he is a witch, he is a witchcraft, he is a witchcraft or whatever. Every accusation Jesus took, those of you that choose holiness will be laid on you. They accuse him of everything. Even the disciples attempted to accuse him. But look at how he walked faithfully with God the Father, such that the light of God was seen, and now the nation, upon the accomplishment, accomplishing his mission perfectly, now we can worship Jesus, we can worship God the Father. He drew the whole earth to the knowledge of God the Father. And when the church fell, and then he sent these two mega prophets, to prepare the way for Jesus. Look at how they have walked so holy, so straight with God, until God the Father in Himself came to a modern generation, December 22nd, 2019. Hallelujah! Look at the light of God in the cripples getting up all over the country. Even Ivory Coast, even Finland, the so-called most developed. Until people now have seen the light of God, now they go to Jesus to accept God the Father. And he's saying to you too, during this window, when the beginning of our faith is already flashing, 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 that this is prime time for you to reprioritize your life, to live such a life among the accusers. Look at the way they accuse these two prophets. They tempted to accuse them. Now they cannot. God the Father has arrived and rubbish them faith in the whole earth. These are the holiest. Nobody is holier in the whole earth. For them I come to them when they call. So live your life among your accusers, among the pagans, in such a way that they see God in you. Hallelujah! That 
living and leaving, life and death. Those who are taken chances can listen. Naga, Mama Rosa, whoever. And he's saying that after death, judgment comes. He's saying there is judgment after death. You like it or not, there will be judgment after death. Oh, how powerful. How powerful the day the Lord judges his enemies, the black male out of these two prophets. How mighty on that day. We will dance and celebrate. And right now we are celebrating that God has come to us. You can imagine the pain that the enemies of the anointing are receiving now. Oh, I wish they would turn around and repent. But the enemies of anointing are suffering. That's why we are celebrating every week. We will never stop celebrating. Every day. And I bless the students in the university. Now your God has come. The God of the mightiest prophet. To prove that you were right. 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 You are heading to God. You are heading to heaven. What a beautiful time, blessed people. And he's saying, leave us pilgrims. Make sure you leave us people in a pilgrimage. We were right. We were right. Very powerful moment in the history of the church. He says, you are choosing of this ministry and the instruction of this prophet were not in vain. All the students across the universities, I bless you eternity, eternally. Those of you who are in this ministry, who have chosen holiness, rejected sexual sin, I bless you eternally. You are my sons and daughters, like everybody else. And all those in the churches, I bless you eternally, because you were right. And some of you had a lot of pride in the churches here. In the different orders, the Ayakilimani especially. So much pride you feared to identify. I, you know, I get to hear all of you. I get to hear your mind. Sometimes even your conversations, I hear all. You touch on this too, I get to hear. Oh, you are afraid, what will people say? What are people saying? No! The Lord is saying, even Jesus was blackmailed. He was blackmailed. They defamed him. They abused him. They slandered him. But look how he lived well to the extent that God came and vindicated him. Even the centurion soldier said, for sure, this was the son of God himself. Hallelujah. And so now that these two prophets are opening up the judgment of God, the wrath of God, can we get deeper now into the dispensation coming? The wrath they behold, the wrath they have, the judgment of the Lamb. The book of Revelation chapter 5, as we go deeper into this message, blessed people, and I hope you are benefiting in your houses, I mean in your houses of worship, all of a sudden the mega someone comes to you, to reorganize, retrain your focus into eternity. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry what people say about you. Don't worry. You just know that Jehovah Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, 
the owner of heaven, the one that takes people to heaven, he has come to us. He has identified with us, he has approved us, he has met the seal of approval on the two prophets and the ministry they run, and the people in that ministry. He has spoken so mightily about eternity. He has essentially divided the earth into two. Those who enter into that cloud, those who belong to that cloud and those who don't. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, blessed people, as we now enter deep into this tremendous sermon on the wrath of God that these two prophets are beginning to unleash before rapture. Beginning the bad pain. And in the bad pain you'll see what it is. So Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says the following. It says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and his seven seals. That is so powerful. He's saying that the judgments that are coming to the earth, that these two prophets are loaded with, are the judgments of God Yahweh. But he's saying that those are the judgments of the Lord God that have been assigned to the Lamb of God, to the Messiah, that he may unleash them to the earth. That is amazing. The same Jesus you love. He's saying that Jesus takes the scroll and begins to open the seals. Only he can open the seals. And he's saying in the book of Revelation chapter 5, why we are still there, why is he saying the judgment consigned to Jesus? The judgment apportioned to the Lamb of God. Because the same Revelation chapter 5 verse 9, he says the following, in verse 9, he says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, they sang to the Lamb, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation how powerful and you have led them into a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth forever he's saying that is the reason when they are crying out who is worthy to take the scroll from the hand of God the Father who is it that is worthy to take the scroll from the hand, the right hand of God the Father? And open its seals. And then they said, no, don't cry, don't weep. The Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, he has triumphed and is worthy based on the merit of the work he achieved on the Calvary cross. He is worthy to open, take the scroll from the hand of God, the right hand of God the Father. 
and to open the seven seals. Why? Because I've read for you. Because he purchased with his blood all the nations. He purchased them for our God on the cross. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, he says the following. Look at this now. Why the Lamb is the one that unleashes the wrath that the two prophets have brought to the earth? Revelation chapter 1, he says verse 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Look at that now. So God the Father is the one who apportioned Jesus, the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb, the judgments of the Lamb. He said, those are yours now to unleash. And we are seeing the authority he has, the power he has, the merit. Why is the bona fide beholder of the scroll of God and the authority to break the seal? And as you will see shortly, each of the seals when he breaks, he Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Look at what he says here. Beautiful Sunday here, blessed people. And he says, Revelation chapter 4, turn with me there. Verse 1, he says, After this I looked, and there before me was the door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first, I had first heard, speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. That is so powerful. If there's any scripture that emulates the rapture, there you go. He says, after the book of Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3, preparatory, repent or else I'll come at an hour you don't know, and then pull the rug beneath your feet. Huh? Repent and hold on to what you have received. Those first preparatory scriptures of Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3. After that, look at what happens in chapter 4. In Revelation, chapter 4. Then now he says, heaven standing open, and he says, come up here. The same thing he will tell the church, come up here, when she enters. And then he tells John, look, let me show you what is to happen. Let me now reveal to you the things that will happen when I send my two prophets of the book of Revelation chapter 11 to unleash the wrath of the Lamb, the judgments of the Lamb of God, a portion to the Lamb by God the Father himself, Yahweh. How mighty blessed people. Then now you go to Revelation chapter 6 when the Lamb has taken the scroll and is doing the work. Beginning to unleash the wrath that the two prophets have come to the earth to unleash. Look at this now. The reason every time the Lord was releasing the four, each of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He had to take me before the throne of God. And I saw the Lamb break one seal. And then a certain living creature came towards me, standing before the throne of God, very close. And then, when that living creature came, then a corresponding horseman was released. 
beginning with the white horsemen, the red horsemen, and then the black horsemen. You remember the prophecy at Benakuru Gulf High School ground? That is the book of the, the, rather the date of August 23rd, 24, 2008, when I announced the global economic crisis coming as the beginning of the back pain of the immense, the unbearable economic crisis that will happen in the great tribulation, when I will shut down everything, shut down food production, shut up the prices of food to go up like this, and then you will need a seal to buy anything, even food. The seal of the beast, the mark. But the beginning of that pain then began. I'm simply opening your understanding to what is happening right now on the earth by these two prophets of Yahweh. So now Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 it says, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. The Lamb, Christ Jesus of Nazareth, my Lord and Savior, he is the one now unleashing the wrath. Look at this now. The Jesus you love so much. The other side of him as the righteous judge. And I'll tell you which people he's judging. And he says, Revelation chapter 6 verse 1, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! Remember, I've seen all these events before the throne of God. And he says, come, verse 2, Revelation chapter 6. I looked and there before me was a white horse. His rider held a bow and was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. And I said, this horseman, his name is Deception. But look at where he comes from. He comes from the throne of God. Power is given to him by God. He says, if you love the prophecy of deception, if you love lying in your churches by false prophets, false apostles, then I will now give you enough doors of it. Those that reject the truth being announced by these two prophets. The rejection of sitting before false prophets. To reject sitting before false apostles. Those that don't want to reject, those that still continue sitting there, said, okay, if you want deception, I add you more. If you love the apostles, I add you more. Coming from the throne of God. And then he says, when the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. His rider was given power to make peace, to, to take away peace. Again I say, when the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Verse 4 he says, Another horse came, he came out, a fiery red one. And he says, his rider was given power to take peace away from the earth and to make men kill one another, kill each other. To him was given a light sword. So right away you see that the first horseman that I prophesied until he was released, his name is deception. He's the reason there is so much deception in the church. For those that reject the truth of God. Oh, 
church to the earth. And he's coming with a crown, and he wants to me imitate the Messiah. There is always counterfeiting going on. And all this is happening in the beginning of that thing. All this I'm reading in Revelation chapter 6 will climax in the great tribulation when the Antichrist will now deceive them that he is the Christ. And then the Lord will put me face to face with him and clash with him and the false prophets. And clash with them the battles that I have seen. All this is already happening in the beginning of our pain. The way the Ebola, the Zika, the coronavirus are already happening in small scale to, to emulate, to mimic, to postulate the bigger one that takes place in the great tribulation. I hope now you understand what is going on on the earth. So he's saying the Lamb of God opens the second seal, he breaks it open. Then he releases another judgment that these prophets are executing on the earth at the beginning of our pain now, and it will escalate in the great tribulation. And he says, the red horse is bloodshed. He stands for destruction. And I told you destruction was coming. Look at that prophet when I gave it, and I said, you will now see a lot of debris and destruction on the earth. At the beginning of our pain, and then it will climb up during the great tribulation when the church is taken away. Look at the war in Syria, the war in Libya, the war in Iraq. Look at the bloodshed, look at the war. And these horsemen, they are synonymous, they are parallel to the prophecy Jesus gave, the Olivet prophecy he gave in Matthew 24. When he says there will be wars and rumors of war, there will be famine, there will be famine, there will be earthquakes. Those are the earthquakes he sent these prophets to unleash to Haiti, to Chile, to Mexico, to the Andes Mountains, to Kenya, to Russia, to Iran, to Sichuan, to Mount Everest. These earthquakes they release. How worse will be the earthquakes during the Great Tribulation then? Until they tilt the earth. Until they tilt the earth from its axis. I hope now you understand. And the third horseman is the black horse. The global economic crisis. To simulate the greater one in the great tribulation. When you need the seal, the mark of the beast for you to sell and buy. It will be a crisis point five. And then the other one, now you see now the, 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 the fourth, let me read the, the third and the fourth. He says, when the lamp opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. I looked and there before me was a black horse. His rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like the voice from among the four living creatures say, a pound of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wage and do not damage the oil and the wine. Now, when I talk to you today at Kenya and I say not even a leaf will grow on the soil, this is what I meant. You know very well that here he's talking about famine. He's saying 
you will work for the whole day's salary, but it's just enough to produce bread, ugali, bread, for just one person in the home. And yet in the average home, at least you have seven, ten of the African home, the Hebrew home that were eleven, the standard he was using here. So in other words, he's talking about famine. And that's what you have me saying today, that Kenya repents that you may not bring to completion quick. You may not bring it earlier, the moment when there will be no leaf on the soil, when the locusts will destroy totally. You can imagine how worse the locusts will be in the great tribulation. It, this is too bad. And this is what is talked about here, about the rider of the black horse. And I'm saying, Kenya, I'm here. I've loved you already. We can mitigate on this. Stop blackmailing me. Stop mocking me. I have brought you God himself. I have brought God himself to the earth, to the church. Just listen. Jesus also was mocked. He was ridiculed and slandered. But look, he stuck to the mission. Even these two prophets have stuck to the mission until God came. It is so powerful, blessed people. But I'm talking about the wrath of the Lamb. The judgment of by the Lamb. By the Lamb. The one that God has apportioned him to judge the nations. The same Jesus you so love, so much. Now coming to judge. And I'll tell you the people he judges. And he says when you read on, when the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice from the four living creatures say, Come! I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Remember 29th of July 2009 in Johannesburg, South Africa, Oliver Tambo Airport, lying on the floor using the, the, the bus. My bag had a pillow waiting for the flight. Great four hours layover. Using my pillow, straining my neck because, you know, using the, the, the bag as my pillow because the bag is too big. I put all my belongings. I'm heading to Venezuela. National Revival. And he's straining and spraining my neck. But there, and the announcements are running at the airport. There the Lord took me to his throne room, and then I saw the release of the fourth horseman. The fourth creature came out. July 29th, 2009. And look at what he says here. Huh? Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. His rider was holding, his rider, sorry, was a pale horse. His rider was named Death, and hate was following close by, behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the whole earth, to kill by the sword, by famine, by plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Look at the plague now. So, these judgments are incremental, incremental. That's why the fourth and the final horseman of the apocalypse, he releases, he combines all. The deception, and then by the sword that the red horseman brought, by famine that the third horseman brings, the black one, and he says, by the plague now. And you see the beginning of that thing, you see the plague of blockers, the plague of coronavirus, the plague of Ebola virus, the plague of Zika virus, all the plagues I have trapped the earth with are just the beginning of that thing. How worse will they be after the church is taken away? 
saying that the seals of the scroll are opened by the Lamb. And when you open those seals of that scroll, then terrible judgment strikes the earth. And the angels of that judgment you are talking to right now, they are talking to you right now. The judgment of God that is apportioned the Lamb, the judgment by the Lamb of God, the one that God has consigned him to judge the earth. How terrible, and authority over the earth. Can you imagine the authority of the Lamb over the earth? To redeem the earth, and those that refuse to obey, I'll tell you who are those in judges. He says, the earth becomes totally unbearable because of this judgment. You can see from the coronavirus, from Ebola, from Zika, from the plague of locusts, from the darkness itself, how much more is there now increasing intensity and time? You don't want to be here. That's why I'm saying you must listen to these messengers of God. They are just too important for you to ignore. If there is no God can even say, no, Jack, this one I cut him out for ignoring. Hmm? They are walking with God the Father, walking with Him. But He says, they are unbearable, the wrath that these two prophets bear, the wrath that And empowered them. God the Father gave the Messiah the authority to give this judgment. But each of them, when he broke the seal, the two prophets were standing there. I was standing before the throne of God, and I can even describe to you the third one, the third creature. Uh, some of these things, I mean, will shock you. The third creature has the face of man, a human face, a very glorious face, by the way. And that horseman, the black horse, has glorious wings. The horsemen have wings. They are not your horses. And the wings are so glorious. So he spread the wings and the wings were touching me. The black horse, when the third creature came. There is so much detail I'm leaving out. Those of you who sit in the council of the two prophets are diverged. Much more details to you, you know. There is so much detail I'm not giving to you here. The horsemen have wings. The black horse has white, super glorious wings. When he spread the wings near me like this, and he touched me, when I was standing before the throne of God, and God the Father wanted me, him and the Messiah, they wanted me to see the glory that's on the glorious wings, and the glory went like this in heaven, spread and spread from the wings and spread over me like this, but the wings touched me, because God wanted me to know they are glorious white wings. This particular black hole. But why is it that the judgment, when I'm standing there, then now the Messiah downloads them to these two prophets to unleash them to the earth? And that's why now at their word, coronavirus, at their word, the locust, at their word, darkness, at their word, Ebola, at their word, Zika in Brazil and everywhere. So, why is he saying they are unbearable? Why are they unbearable? Number one, let's look at the book of Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7. Why is it that the wrath, the two prophets come with, and one of them is up there, and the whole body is covered with peace. It's very unsightly to see. 
itself in that form. Everything plus a beard and everywhere covered with beard. And the bees only left the zone of the eyes, the zone of the eyes, but covered everywhere and they're moving, they're moving all over the body, standing up there, and very huge, very huge, I don't know the size, because that was quite up there. Unsightly is the word. In other words, the Lord is saying, look, they have stood before the throne of God, and the Lamb has opened the seal in front of them, and the living creatures that is God have come out, now they have come to you, sent to you, loaded with the wrath of God. They are really loaded with the judgment of God, the judgments of God. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 7, blessed people, he says the following, why is it that the judgments are unbearable? The judgments that the two prophets of Yahweh bring. Look at the Mexico earthquake. Unbearable. The whole school was sunk with teachers and students and they collapsed on one another. Even the other students who remained, the teachers who were standing outside in the court, they failed even to mourn. They were just, they in shock. They failed to mourn. Look at the Haiti earthquake. Look at the Chile earthquake. When I even knew the hour it would come and the girls are dancing like this, like this, during the homosexual party, the annual feast. And I said, by the beach. And I said, the ocean will pour me. Every word of my child. Hey! Fulfill to the letter. Why is it that the judgments that I bear, the judgments of God, that have been loaded on me to execute are unbearable. Number one, because of their severity. The book of Jeremiah chapter 37. He's saying, how awful that day will be. No other will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob but he will be saved out of it. In other words, the judgments that you see now shaping up, beginning to shape up, to construct, at the beginning of that pain, beginning of that pain, how much more severely the severity of them in the true birth pain of the great tribulation, what type of earthquake then will they be? If these ones are just the beginning, the little ones, the preambles, how much more viruses and plagues of disease and how severe their severity will be in the Great Tribulation? Already they are too severe. They have shut down the earth with the coronavirus. Look at that. They have demonstrated to this generation that they have the capacity to shut down the entire earth. Nobody come out of the house. In the beginning of our sense, using the coronavirus. They have demonstrated using the plague of corona, and now the plague of locusts, they have used it to demonstrate they have the capacity to shut down the entire earth until there is no leaf that grows on the soil. And everybody starved to death. To death. Because the whole earth will be worshipping the beast. So now you can see the people on whom the Lord has sent these two prophets to unleash the wrath of the Lamb too. The wrath of the Lamb. The judgment of the Lamb. The ones that when you open one thing, they are released. And he says in Daniel chapter 12, 
The book of Daniel chapter 12, blessed people, the severity of the judgment they bring. That is what makes the earth unbearable and makes you know that you need to prepare now. All this is geared towards the church, all flesh, all mankind to prepare now. That is the reason I come to you. I am opening up a little deeper today on my mission to the earth. Why I do the things I'm doing to the earth now. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. And he says, At that time Michael, excuse me, excuse me, at that time Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. He will arise. And then he says, There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nation, and Peter says, Look at the severity of what happens the great tribulation. Look at the severity of what happens the great tribulation. And already now, the beginning of our things alone, the judgment that has released, the wrath of God that has released, the judgment of God that I have released upon the face of the earth is already unbearable in Wuhan, in the Mexico, Africa, Chile, Africa, Haiti, Guyanese, Zika virus, Ebola, unbearable. There is no human solution to them. And he says, there will be a time of distress like has never happened from the time the nations were created, from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, will be delivered. That is the reason the Lord has allowed me to release the beginning of that pain that you may see and begin to listen to instruction on righteousness and holiness and salvation of the grace and safeguard it and guard it jealously and reject the apostasy and reject the blackmailers. Don't associate with them. Don't even talk to them. And have nothing to do with them. And walk in a very, very straight salvation, righteous salvation, only salvation, zero tolerance to sin. And reject sexual sin and homosexuality. He's talking about the severity. The severity of the judgment is what makes the judgment I bring to the earth totally unbearable after the church is taken away. Already you can see how unbearable they are. And the message is clear that you may prepare and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and enter heaven. The book of Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. He says, For there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Look at the wrath that the Lord has given the two prophets to release to the earth. And they have begun to release it in the beginning of our pain, in other words, they have fired a shot in the air. They have said, be careful now. Prepare and be holy. Receive the gospel. Be born again. Receive Jesus. 
between holiness, righteousness, and the enter. Because he says, look at about what he says about the judgment that I behold, which I'm going to release to the earth, have already begun. He says, Matthew 21, Matthew 24. For there will be a great distress and equal from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equaled again to eternity of the eternity. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the wrath of God that I'm loaded with? It's even shocking for me to be talking to you about it. And you can see already on your news, Ebola. You can see in your news the coronavirus. Right now, corona. And you can see the flag of locusts. Until the United Nations says, this is something we have never seen since the earth was created. It's unbearable. And soon they are going to multiply 500 times, they say. The little ones, when they are crawling without wings, the new ones which have been born, they are 8 kilometers flowing like a river. 8 kilometers without wings. The ones that have just been born. I and 20, 20 swarms are entering Kenya per day. And one swarm has more than 18 million locusts. 18 million, one swarm. Every day when you wake up and you don't talk about locusts, you don't see anything on locusts, 20 swarms enter. And they are saying where they are breathing from. They are breathing in their trillions. They are breathing in the largest numbers preparing to come. And those who are breathing in Kenya are also breathing in Kenya. Can you imagine the severity of the wrath that I behold? The wrath that this prophet beholds, the judgment of God he beholds to unleash to the world. The unbelieving world. The blasphemous world. The defamers. The slanderers. Those who don't believe in Jesus. And if you read the book of Revelation chapter 3, the book of Revelation chapter 3, that you may understand why I'm doing what I'm doing to the earth right now, the coronavirus. When I say Asia, I located it in Asia. Can you imagine that? I placed it in Asia. And it really came from Asia and affecting the whole earth. Hey! Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 it says, Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 it says, and I said it will not matter whether you are a lawyer, or you are a doctor, or you are a judge of the high court. It will not matter whether you are an architect, an engineer, whether you are a banker, whether you are a millionaire, billionaire. You must be subjected to the judgment of God I bear. I carry. You must fear me, says the Lord. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10, it says the following. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come to the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Look at how I'm finishing that. The severity after I have understood the severity of the wrath of God, I am standing up there and all my body is covered with bees all over the face and the beard and everywhere. And then now, underscoring the severity of the wrath of God, I bear. 
my command. He's now talking to the church that is God that listening to me now. Those who are faithful, who have not blasphemed God, who have listened to my instruction. He says, since you have kept my command, can you patiently? Ah, the Lord Jesus, it is in red. My Bible is red. Those who have kept my command, says the Lord. Those who have patiently listened, obey, says the Lord. They have not blasphemed me. Neither have they blasphemed my messenger. Look at this. Since you get my commands to endure patiently, I will keep you also from the hour of trial that is going to strike the earth, the whole known world, to test the inhabitants of the earth. Meaning, I will bring you to the safety of heaven. Meaning, this is the most important hour in the church. That at this hour, you can literally decide to listen to the voice that is crying out in the wilderness, that is preparing for the coming of the Messiah. And in so doing, you can enter the safety of the rapture, the safety of heaven, because I know the wrath I behold. I have seen myself in the great tribulation, and there is immense darkness also there. I talk about physical darkness and spiritual darkness. At one point I strike the sun and make the sun not give light. I don't know how long. So I know the wrath I behold. At one point I even told you that I strike the earth with a plague of disease such that even the soil, the, the wind, the wind infects you. People fear to come out of their houses. You don't want to be there. Look at how severe coronavirus is. They are meeting in Munich today and yesterday, the Global Security Conference, but they are discussing the coronavirus as the biggest security challenge to the globe. More than terrorism, they say. Look at that now. Look at that. The severity of the judgment I behold, and the good news, the good tidings I bring, is that you that are humble and obedient to my voice, you that have endured the instruction of God, and the scorn, and the blasphemy of the world, and chosen righteousness, great holy, live holy, faithful to God, he says, he will also keep you away from the wrath that is coming. The rock that you see, the two prophets, have been downloaded. They have down, the Lord has downloaded on them. And that's why when you see black men as a slanderer, you, I laugh. I always laugh until my teeth become white. I say they don't know whom they are touching. When the rock will crash, oh my Lord. And I've already seen it. So he says, the wrath of the land is unbearable. The wrath of the Lamb is totally unbearable that he has downloaded to these two prophets to execute the judgments of God that are commissioned by the Lamb when he breaks the seals of the scroll. That only he is worthy, worthy to behold. Hey. And he says in the book of Revelation chapter 6, verse 16, they call to the mountains, and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Hallelujah! So you can see that this is the judgment of God that is apportioned to the Messiah. 
bear about the severity. The severity. Why does he judge the world? Blessed people, why does he send the two prophets to judge the world with such enormity? Why? Because of Revelation chapter Revelation chapter 13, 1 to 10. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Revelation chapter 13, 1 to 10. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea. And I saw the beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. With ten crowns on its horns. And on each of the heads a blasphemous name. Blasphemy to God. The beast I saw resembled a leopard. But had feet like that of a bear, and a mouth like a lion. So you can see the Lord is saying, don't wait for that hour. It will be unbearable. He's a big beast, but he's like a leopard, how vicious and bloody. Bloody like a leopard, wild, violent, bloody murderer. And he has the feet like a bear, wild. The wildest, the bloodiest of all, the bear eats even the bones of his prey. Then he says, a mouth like a lion. The lion is the king of the beast, the king of the beast. Nobody can stop him, violent, bloody, unstoppable, no rules. He has no rules when he begins to tear you. So he's saying here, that the dragon gave the beast his power, and his throne and his great authority, power, throne, authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, meaning he resurrected. But the fatal wound had been healed. Then the whole world was filled with wonder. And they followed the beast. And people worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and they asked, who is like the beast? Who can wage war against him? You can imagine the duty the two prophets have right there. But he's essentially saying that when the world, because they are very evil, and you see that evil on the earth right now, when Jesus resurrects from the dead, they rejected him until today. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering and rejection. But when the beast resurrects from the sea, from the fatal wound, then the whole world worships the beast. That's why God sends me to unleash the judgment of God and of the Lamb upon the entire face of the earth and destroy them terribly, unbearably, based on the severity that I behold. Now do you understand then? Revelation chapter 11, 1 to 10 also. <laughs> and Revelation chapter 12. The reason the Lord has sent me to strike the earth with the, 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 the plague of locusts, the earthquakes, the plague of coronavirus is the beginning of our pain. Why? Because the whole earth is currently full of blasphemous people, blackmailers, unbelieving people. Sinful people, they reject the gospel, they reject Jesus, they reject the grace. Because they reject Jesus, now God tells me to strike them. 
understand. It's unbearable, blessed people. And you see that the Lord Jesus warned on the persecution of the Christian during that same time. Why I strike the earth, the persecution of the Christian. If some people right now can bear to touch me, then how much more blasphemous will it be? Or persecution will it be to the sheep that are not taken in the rapture? If they can stay there, these ones that bear the wrath of God, that can call God the Father in the cloud, and he vacates his throne, he exists his throne and come to them in broad daylight. How much more the Christians who came to enter? So Jesus warned about the false messiah. And that will happen in the great tribulation. The reason you should make sure you prepare now and enter the rapture. He warned about the terrible wars that I will bring to the earth. The terrible famines I will bring, I've even announced one of them, where no leaf grows on the soil. No leaf, the whole soil is red and red. He warned about the earthquakes that have been unleashing. How worse they will be. The pestilence, the diseases you see, persecution, the cosmic events, the events happening in the planet, the collision of the neutral stars. Jesus warned about them. It will be a terrible time. And in the beginning of our thing, you see I'm striking the neutral stars and shaking the universe 520 million light years away. You have to multiply 520 million times 8.5 trillion kilometers for you to understand the distance is perceptible, unreachable. The gravity there is even higher. And I give you the highest details. And I even tell the earth, I give them a new discovery that there is a neutral star that is larger than the other. And when they receive it on that day, when it finally fulfills my word, finally completed, when the appointed time comes, and that collision I push takes place, then you see now that they say, wow, this has shifted the body and there's a new discovery. There is a larger neutral star than the other. Jesus warned about the false messiah, falsehood, the world, the famines, the earthquakes, the pestilences. You see, I'm beginning all these, but all these have begun them as beginnings of our pain. I've begun to strike the earth. I've begun to strike them for believing the falsehood in the church. And when I pronounce the release of the, the white horse, then the Lord is essentially saying, in the great tribulation to be what? You will worship the beast. Because the book of Revelation 11 and 13, that the whole earth, they chose to believe the beast when the beast resurrected. And when Jesus, my Lord, resurrected, they did not believe him. They hate him until today. They in the bar, in the discotheque. They are in immorality. They are living as atheists, as though nobody created them. But Jesus warned us. He warned about the false messiah, the Antichrist going to come. The wars that would come. The famines would come. The earthquakes would come. The diseases fell
the wand. The Messiah wand, in my Bible they are written in red, that be careful, the false Messiah, the Antichrist will come. In other words, the falsehood you see today in the church, these apostates you see in the church today, don't play with that apostasy. It will build up to the believing of the Antichrist. Devil worship. You will worship the dragon. The Bible says, my Bible, your Bible, you read with me, says, this falsehood you see the Lord sent me to confront in the church, the post that he sent me to fight, this thing is not a joke. When the church is taken in the rapture, it is going to graduate. There will be a graduation for it. Until the earth will begin to worship the beast. They worship the dragon, the devil. There will be devil worshippers. That's why the Lord sent me to strike them with the judgment of the Lamb. Strike them with the wrath of God. And bear for us. He said the false Messiah would come. He said wars would come. Famines, earthquakes, pestilences and plagues, persecution of Christians, the shaking of the heavenly bodies. He said it would happen. What a tremendous time, blessed people. And he says, in Matthew chapter 5, and I begin to wind down to give you time to celebrate. I know that if I continue, this is a sermon that can go on for 20 straight hours. 20, I mean one day. 20 hours. Because this sermon awakens a generation. The benefits are too great. But let me try to see if I can start winding down a little bit. Matthew chapter 5. And I hear the radio team opening pages, pop, pop. What an awesome time when pages are being opened of the Holy Book, the Bible. And the Bible has come to life. Finally, the Bible has come to life when the messengers written about in the Bible have physically appeared. Amazing. Prophesied until they came. What the time to open the pages of the Bible. The book of Matthew chapter 5, blessed people. I am reading verses 17 to 22. It says the following. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Look at that now. And you see these prophets are operating completely in the dispensation of the law and the prophet, and the Lord has merged the two dispensations. It's as though, as though the two dispensations have blended the dispensation of the law and the prophet and the dispensation of the grace. Meaning, the Lord is slowly phasing in the dispensation of the law and the prophet and is phasing out the dispensation of the grace when the church and the Holy Spirit will be taken up into the rapture. The church that is the dwelling of the Holy Spirit is taken away and then the power of God is located, localized on these two prophets alone now. And they move like it was during the time of the law and the prophet. It's amazing. Because what is it about grace when they strike 
have caught them unaware. The so-called theologians. And we have brought in the prophets operating under the law and the prophets. And I read for you here, even Jesus in prophets, be careful. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Hallelujah! I have come that very soon you will see that the two dispensations, that the Old Testament and the New Testament are the same and one. They matter to God. Every letter, every comma, every mark. Hey! And it says, so truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Look at that. Verse 19. 19 it says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called the greatest, will be great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you the truth that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. How powerful blessed people. How mighty blessed people. And he says very clearly, if you look at John chapter 15, as I begin to wind down these things, blessed people, John chapter 15, I'm reading verse 6, John 15, 6. And he says, I can begin verse 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And he says, apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. You cannot do nothing. You cannot do anything. You can do nothing for me, apart from me. Verse 50 says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Look at that. So he's already introducing the fire that I was talking about when I read Matthew chapter 3. The fire. He's saying that the two major prophets, ancient prophets of Yahweh, who are preparing the way for the Messiah, the anointed way, the holy way, the righteous way of the Lord, for the coming of my Lord, my King Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Because these two prophets are beginning to strike to reveal the wrath, the wrath they behold for the great tribulation. They are beginning to open this up 
seat, you prepare and get out of here, owing to the severity of the wrath that I bear, the wrath that God has downloaded on me. And I'm fully loaded with this wrath you can see in your news today, the coronavirus, the locusts, the Zika, the Ebola, the earthquakes. And he's saying, right now in the book of John 15, that if you don't prepare well, listen to the warning by the two prophets of God, there is fire. Jesus calls it fire. He says, if you don't believe in Jesus and remain in Jesus, remaining in Jesus means a holy, 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 I mean holy, holy salvation. The holy grace, not the unholy grace you see all over the TV here, the Christian, global Christian TV. Where women dress as they want and they discuss what they want. I am talking about the holy, holy salvation. That is the meaning of remaining in Jesus. The righteous salvation. The one that has zero tolerance to sin. He says if you don't remain in Him, if you don't choose holiness, for without holiness nobody sees the Lord. On that day then He says, look, the fire. The Father will gather those branches and He will set them on fire. Throw them into the lake of fire. Look at the book of Revelation, blessed people. How many of you are enjoying this and learning a thing or two? Well, as I can imagine, hands are up now. With Gigele Gele in there. The book of Revelation, chapter 20, as we try to wind down this sermon here. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. And he says, Revelation chapter 20, 14. Once I get it, I'll read it. Revelation chapter 20, 14. I get it right here. And he says, I got it. I get it here. I see 13 and then 14. I got it. So, Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. And I'm reading 14 to 15. He says, Then death and hell we are thrown into the lake of fire. Look at that. Even death will be thrown into the lake of fire. He says, the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb of God was thrown into the lake of fire. The Lord Jesus himself, the one that loved you with so much love, so much grace, so much mercy redeemed you from the, on the cross from sin. He now says, for those that will not believe, he says, fire, fire, he says, fire. They will be thrown into the lake of fire. That is the reason the Lord has caused me to begin to strike the earth with the beginning of earth pain. The Mexico earthquake, the Chile earthquake, the Haiti earthquake, the earthquake on the Andes mountains, the earthquake on Mount Himalaya, the Everest mountains, the Nepal earthquake, Kinjuan earthquake, the earthquake on Kenya, the earthquake in Russia, the earthquake in Iran, all the earthquakes, I cannot count them all. The one that took place in Virginia Valley. The one that shook Johns Hopkins Medical Center until in the prophecy I said the patients are in the bed and the beds are shaking. In other words, I was talking about Johns Hopkins Hospital. The 
that the church is taken that you may repent and turn away from all sin, sexual immorality especially, and lies and perversion and falsehood and apostasy. And be holy, receive the gospel, be baptized, and enter the safety of the rapture. Why? Because he says here, Revelation 20:14. Then death and hate were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb of God will be thrown into the lake of fire. The reason he sent me to begin to show you the ugly that is coming, the wrath that I bear that is going to be unleashed in the great tribulation, in the coronavirus lockups and everything, is that you may ensure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life by upholding the holiness of the grave. The righteousness of the salvation of the grace. In other words, he says, Jesus himself talked about fire. The same Jesus that loved you and brought you the grace of God, the compassion of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the miracles of God, the wonders of God, the raising of the dead, the cleansing of the lepers, the same Jesus that brought you the salvation of rescue that you see in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2, when he said, I cried from the womb of hell, from the stomach of hell, and you heard me. That same Jesus now talks about fire, hell fire. And he says that there is fire waiting for those who reject the grace, the blasphemers, those who are uh, blasphemers and slanderers of God. Those who don't receive the grace, all those who receive the grace, and they mix with apostasy. Those who reject the clarion call by these two prophets to prepare the holiness in their hearts, the holy way of the Lord. He says fire is coming. And Jesus, in his sense, in that instance, essentially talked about hell. When he says fire, he meant hell. Hell fire. He meant hell. Jesus himself meant hell then. Matthew chapter 5 still. The same Jesus who brought you so much compassion of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the miracles of God, the wonders of God, the raising of the dead. He said the raising of the people. The opening of the blind eyes. Same Jesus who gave you the cleansing of the leprosy in you, the sin. Who brought you the salvation of the rescue. Then now, when it comes to the end time, entry to heaven, he talks about hell. Hell, the fire of hell. Hell fire. The book of Matthew chapter 5. 
He says, Matthew 5, 1 to 7, he says, Now when Jesus saw the crowd, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to, he began to teach them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look at that. Separating out his church. He prepared the church for entry. Jesus came. There is no name other than the name of Jesus by which man can avoid hell fire. That's what I'm trying to say. There is no other name by which man can avoid hell fire except the glorious name of Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. He brought you the compassion of God, the miracles of God, wonders of God, love of God, mercy of God, grace of God, raising the dead, cleansing the leper. And he's saying, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the entire earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse 6 is very powerful. And verse 3. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse 8 is key. These are the things Jesus told and brought you in a process, in the process of trying to keep you from hell fire. From hell fire. That's why he said those things in the Beatitudes. He was trying to keep you from hell fire. And therefore there is no other name by which man can evade, can avoid hell fire except the name of Jesus, by the name of Jesus. Because we've seen Revelation 5, 5, only he is worthy, he purchased all men for our God. And he's saying the same Matthew, while we are still on Matthew 5, 29 and 30, he says, Matthew chapter 5, 29 and 30, he says the following. If your right eye causes you to stumble, to sin, gorge it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. Look at that, into fire. And he says, and if your right hand causes you to stumble and sin, cut it off and throw it away. Better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. In other words, the mission of Jesus when he came was to really, really fight to save mankind from hell fire, from fire in hell. Listen to what I've just read. He was fighting so desperately, gallantly, as a champion soldier to deliver you into heaven, to remove you from the path to hell fire, to the fire of hell. John chapter 17, blessed people, as we begin, it looks like we are still in the heart of this message there. How many want to continue with this message, blessed people? I don't want to hold you longer than I should. Probably you planned your lunch and what have you. But he says here, this is a better lunch. John, he says, John chapter 17. Turn with me there. 
me a little more time, then I'll prepare for eternity to avoid the big things you see coming, big and ugly. John 17, he talks about this. Father, the hour has come so that glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted Him authority over all the people. Look at that. That He might give them eternal life. He might give eternal life to those you have given Him. Look at that. He came to save you from going to hell. He saved you from the second death. Going into the second death, which is the lake of fire. He came to save you from going to hell fire, but He said to bring you and deliver you into eternal life, everlasting life. Beautiful, beautiful someone here. The Messiah really came to remove you from hell. Beautiful. And he says, you can read on and on, Jesus preached about hell. And he said, hell is fire. That those of you who may see what is happening, who can see what the prophets of the Lord have brought, the tremendous wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of God that brought to the earth, those of you whose ears are circumcised, those of you whose wisdom has not failed you, that you may begin to prepare by obeying the grace, receiving the grace, defending the grace, safeguarding the grace, the holiness of God is what safeguards the grace, so you don't lose it. That you may not go to hellfire, because Jesus says, hell exists. And he said from that, from, from Luke chapter 16, we have seen verse 19 to 31, that hell is a real place. A real place. And where the tree falls, whether north or south, there shall lie. After he falls, there is a chance, there is a risk, there is a separation between wherever you are in heaven and hell. And hell. Wherever you are in hell and heaven, wherever you are in heaven and hell, wherever it falls, they shall lie. And there is no other person that ever preached and brought to our attention that hell has enlarged itself. Hell has enlarged itself, swallowing men. And he said that death must always happen. And he says that in hell, be careful. The reason you need to see the coronavirus, you need to see the plague of locusts, the earthquake, the Ebola, everything, Rika. These two prophets walking around here, shaking the universe, the neutral stars, and preparing holiness. is because he says, at this time of the beginning of our pain, you can take advantage of the grace, the compassion of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, the love of the Lord, the wonders of God, the raising of the dead, the rescue, the salvation of rescue. And he says that in hell 
mercy. There is no grace. There is no pardon. There is no compassion. There is no love inside hell. He says, everybody that dies at the time when they have rejected Jesus, when they die, goes to hell. That hell has opened his mouth. Hell never rejects anybody. He says, I'm simply looking at what we have covered until now. Why you need to prepare? He says, it is your average people, everyday people that go to hell. People like you. They are not strange people. They are simply people like you that go to hell on a daily basis. Even today, there are so many that died today without Jesus and they went to hell today. Every day hell has opened its mouth. It is swallowing people daily. It has an appetite that cannot be satisfied. There is no satiation. It says that whatever enters hell stays there forever. Whether you fall to the left or to the right, to the north or to the south, there shall you lie forever. The reason you should look up the judgment and bring it to the earth and repent and prepare in holiness to enter heaven. He says, whoever enters hell does not come out forever, stays there forever. That's why you should prepare now and now. Whatever hell swallows, stays there forever. He says, hell is patient. Hell has so much patience. He's always awaiting. He's waiting for all people. He's able to swallow the whole earth. Hell is very, very patient. Very patient. Hell is very patient, blessed people. He says, there are no miracles in hell for you to develop a faith. There is no faith in hell. There is no faith in hell. There is no Bible in hell. There is no water in hell. That's why people are thirsty. They are tormented. They are saying, please, I'm tormented in my tongue. Catch me with a drop of water. There is no compassion in hell. That's why you need to prepare now, by the beginnings of our pain, the warning shots that are there of the wrath of God that is coming. Because when you die, when you die and you have not received Christ, or you have received and not walked in holiness, and you go to hell, there is no compassion there, there is no grace, no mercy, no love, no miracles of God, no wonders of God, no raising of the dead, no cleansing of leprosy there. There is no salvation, no mercy, no grace, no pardon, no repentance, no cross, no blood, no redemption. Everybody that goes to hell stays there. No Savior, no Redeemer, no Bible to read there, no testimonies. He says, hell has so much patience. It is for all those that die without the salvation of Christ, the salvation of holiness. 
Ghanaians, it is full of Muslims, full of Hindus, full of Evangelicals, Pentecostals, Catholics. Hell fears nothing. There is no fear of God there. It is full of those without fear of God. It is full of, it says, Jews, Gentiles. It doesn't separate. Black, white, Chinese, African, American, European, what, Australian, New Zealand, South African, Nigerian, what, everybody. Kenyan. It is full of geniuses. Genius scientists, Nobel laureates. Hell is full of kings and queens. Full of young people, full of old people, full of racists, full of rulers, full of politicians, pastors, Christians who don't have to defend the place, full of billionaires, millionaires. Hey, the list of soldiers, doctors, lawyers, everybody is in hell. It's for people like you. Don't think they are any different from you. And he says, all people will always die, and another generation come before the Messiah comes. All people will always die, and another generation come. In other words, he's saying that before you were born, there was another generation like this one that lived, and they went to hell already. Those who did not receive Jesus. Hey! There is another generation that already lives, many several generations. And the Lord was essentially saying today, why he has sent his two prophets to strike the earth with warning, to awaken those who love Jesus. He's essentially saying that the reason these prophets have come to rebuke the church is because Today's Christians do not want to talk about hell. Never. They live their lives as if there is no hell. Careless. In sin. They don't want to believe in hell. They don't want to believe hell is there. So they are living in complacency. They live as though God does not judge sin. Yet we know that God judges sin and is coming back to judge sin. That's why right now... ...sin to warn the church to get out of here. He says that the devil is very skinny. The devil has a desensitized he has removed sensitivity. He has left the church numb about hell. He has desensitized this generation on hell. And he has achieved his mission. Once they are not sensitive to hell, once they are not sensitive to sin, and they are not sensitive to hell, then they are headed to hell. He's saying in this generation, the devil has desensitized people on the fear of God. They don't fear God anymore. On holiness. They are not holy. They don't care about it anymore. He has desensitized people on hell. If you are sensitive on hell, you would be paying holiness every day. In trembling, in fear and trembling. Hey! Many don't want to talk about hell. They like the sweeter gospel. He says, that 
that is the reason you see so much violence, homosexuality, murder, transsexuals, abortion, immorality, lies, false prophets. People are just in sin. They sit there. They are listening to false apostles, false prophets. They are desensitized to hell. They seem not to care. The devil has achieved his objective on them. But they will, what I do, sir, they will regret on that day. He says the whole earth has been desensitized to sin. That's why you see as if sin is a new normal. Something that is sinful can be presented to you in TV, newspaper, in the world today, and it looks normal. Something holy is now not normal. He has desensitized the church and the world, the whole earth to sin, and therefore sin is not serious anymore. And he says, in that way the devil has chained, he has chained this generation, Naminyororo, with big chains, and is hiding them to hell, by desensitizing them to sin and to hell. He says hell has been here. Hell has been present for a very long time before. He says that this generation, when these two prophets have come, the hour of awakening, revival, for you to prepare well, not to go to hell, you need to go to the cemetery, to the cemetery, go to the graveyard, and look at the grave. Many of those people died and went to hell. You find lawyers there. Soldiers. Housemates. Housewives, husbands, trainers, doctors, police officers, teachers, wife for repairers, engineers are there. You go to the graveyard. Then you will hear my words. Then you will pay attention to my words. Then you will obey my words. He says, the devil has desensitized the generation on this matter, to this matter of hell, to sin. But for you to prepare well by the clarion call of repentance that I'm laying before the earth, you need to visit the mortuary, the mosque, and see many dead bodies lying there. Where they fall, there they lie forever. To visit the cemetery. The graveyard in Nairobi, you can go to Lamata Cemetery. The tomb places with tombs. Then you see written on their names, was a lawyer, was a doctor, was a soldier, was a teacher, police officer, a tailor, a husband, a maker of what, a genius, a scientist, Nobel laureate. Hey! Dying without Jesus and going to hell straight. The Lord is saying that the reason He sent these two prophets to unleash the judgment of God in order is it is because He wants the unrighteous to receive the reward of unrighteousness. The unholy to receive the reward for unholiness, of unholiness. The blackmailers to receive the word of the reward of blackmailers. The defamers to receive the reward of defamation. The Lord is very serious, blessed people. 
tell you, my boy, to enter heaven. You the voices. Hell is bad. And the Lord sent his two prophets to release the wrath of God. Now, in the beginning of our space, and also in the great tribulation. Why? To those who deny God, they live their life denying God, defying God, denouncing God, abusing God, abusing the grace, refusing the pleadings of the Holy Spirit, the tidings and the pleadings of the two prophets that have come by the power of God. They are presenting the pleadings of God. And those who refuse them, they will go to hell. Hell fire. Meaning, in the book of Genesis chapter 68, God will not condemn, he will not contend, he will not contend with sinful men forever. He will reach a place where enough is enough. He did it in Genesis chapter 6, and he wiped out the whole earth in the judgment of God. He will do it again, after taking away his church. He will do it again, to the unrighteous, unholy. Those who refuse the righteousness of God, the righteousness of the grace, hell is a place for the devil and his angels. Can you imagine mixing there with them? Can you imagine being mixed there? Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. But can you imagine you the Christian? Finally getting mixed in there with the devil and his angels. Why? What a torment. Hell. And yet God the Father is busy waiting for his lost son, his lost children. He's looking at the way every day. He has sent the two prophets to call forth the earth to repent us, to return to God, to return to the Lord, to return to salvation, to holiness, the cross, to the blood. And he's looking every day at the way, waiting for his lost children. Before hell breaks loose on you. Hey! And that's why in Matthew 25, Jesus says, Depart from you, you cursed one. Depart from me, you cursed one. Hey! Because he wanted to fight hell to help you as a heaven. Blessed people, things are bad. How can you open God and you see that the devil has lied to you and put a signpost that this is heading to heaven? And you know that it's not. Why? Because the two prophets of Yahweh have come and established without any special doubt by God coming down in the thick dark cloud, December 22nd, 2019, coming to them to put a seal on their word. That what they say is true, is my word. I am the one who has said it. And so, they have essentially gone on the road going to hell, and they have changed the signpost. And now it reads,
get to hell. They go to hell because they have brought the truth. But how can you continue walking there, teaching under the false prophets, false apostles, immorality, when the truth has been expositioned in such a mighty way? So he says, those who are denying God, defying God, denouncing God, abusing God, abusing the two prophets of Yahweh, refusing the pleadings of the two prophets, hell is waiting unless you repent. The Messiah is coming. Hell is a place with worms that never die, fire that never die, dead bodies are decaying there. It's a filthy city, a filthy stench, nasty stench. There are dead animals and people there, stenching and roasting. Hell is bad. Hell is terrible. The Messiah is coming, blessed people. For those of you who have chosen righteousness, the celebrations begin today again. We'll celebrate until the Messiah comes. We'll celebrate the visitation of God the Father coming and standing on top of the roof of that tent. And there is a tent, the canopy, and inside are the two prophets of Yahweh. And he said that the God of Elijah will be with his two mightiest, mightiest prophets. And inside there, they are ministering and there are people in the tent. Thank God, when he came, he found you inside that tent. You can now be rest assured that you are going to heaven unless something goes terribly wrong and you change course. But for us who are headed to heaven, we will attend the great tribulation. Let us celebrate Let us celebrate with all the annulations. Celebration that God has come to affirm. That yes, indeed, these are my prophets. They are my own. They call on me and I come. Yes, indeed, everybody that walks with them under their command, under their counsel. He said, You did not walk in vain. Everyone awaits for you. I wait in heaven. I'll bring into the kingdom they announced to you. Let us celebrate. I declare celebration open. The Messiah is coming. Let everybody receive the Lord and avoid going to hell. Those who want you can repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent tonight and turn away from all sin and reject all sin. And open up the doors of my heart. And receive you in my heart. Precious Jesus. As my Lord and my Savior. Now precious Jesus. Establish your word in my heart. Establish the Holy Spirit in my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And establish holiness in my life. And give me no chance. Order and commend my steps into the holiness of God, into the eternity of God in heaven. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
ಕೊಟ್ಟು ಸುರಾಶನು 